Limit Break Radio presents The Rogue's Den. With your esteemed host, <laughs> First Lieutenant Kahlo. He's so dreamy. Wait, what? LimitBreakRadio.com Welcome, citizens of Vanadiel. Here we are again in The Rogue's Den. Of course, I am Kahlo, and by my side is... Felix, the Paladin Gone Dancer. Felix, how are you doing today? Uh, fabulous, Colin. Yes, fabulous, indeed. So, that dancing, uh, whole dancer job is really starting to get to you, is it? Oh, uh, it's it's awesome. I've, I've already sunk way more gill into it than I probably should have. <laughs> yeah, what level are you now? 75, and I bought oh. my Azoth a little while ago, so... Uh, do, you, do you have a joy use yet? No. Any Fuck, of your... Charby, Charby can burn in hell. <laughs> Any of your relic? Um, I have the pants and the feet. Alright, well, the pants are pretty good. Pants are definitely pretty good. Pants are like the best ones you can get for dancers. Mm-hmm. These are the only ones we have that have haste on them. Yep. So. Uh, of course, in our last episode, we uh, talked about Sergeant Major, and today we're talking about Chief Sergeant. But, you know what? First, first, I, I, I want to talk a little bit about a different job that, uh, that, I've been put, that I've definitely been playing a lot of recently, and that's Black Mage. Holy crap. Yeah, you're 75, aren't you? Uh, I've been 75 for a while now, but uh, yeah. for the first time ever, I broke 2k damage the other day. Was it on a flan? It was freeze 2 on a flan. Yes, it was. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean, yeah? The flans take, like, double damage from magic. No, though, they man. do not take double damage, okay? And it doesn't matter, because it's still awesome getting 2k, regardless of if it's a flan or if it's a bird and you have piercing so you need you to see, you should see my 3k gecko i did on that goldfish and sea the other day <laughs> i'm gonna come through this microphone and i'm gonna beat you to a bloody pulp yeah yeah and then i'm gonna freeze to you for 2k probably paladin doesn't really have magic defense <laughs> anyhow um and, and and you know what you, you know what that's not even the end of it because I'm gonna get higher than that because I still need to go get my my C OB. But uh, uh, yeah. I finally I finally got my macros figured out to uh, switch in my Ugalepe pendant when uh, I have the appropriate MP. Before I just had it on you know full time, so uh, I need to get an elemental torque to you know. That's get, one that's get rid got the, uh, the whatever it is magic attack when you're below seventy five percent or something. Yes. Yep. Um, at the completion of a spell, I also got my relic pants, which give you know magic attack bonus uh, plus ten if you're using the elemental spell that corresponds to the day, and that definitely helped too. It uh, it was uh, it was on an ice day, so yeah, yeah. that's gonna help. But yeah, it was it was definitely really cool. Uh, you know, having that. Um, I also haven't finished my uh, ice potency merits yet, so I'm looking forward to finishing ice potency, getting my elemental. Uh, COB and you know a couple other things here and there to help boost it, but um, I mean 2K on a freeze too. That's pretty good. What are you aiming for? Do you have a number you're going for? Uh, it doesn't matter what number I get. There's always going to be someone who puts me to shame. I know that uh, I was talking to one of our black mages a little while ago, and they were in a uh, one of the flan burns, and there was like an elven black mage there who did like 3K or something, but he was just you know decked mm-hmm. to the ceiling. So, <laughs> well, uh, unfortunately, I'm never going to be you know. Uh, as powerful as Elfaria, who is uh, a little Taru in our Link shell, who is just pimped out beyond beyond words. Uh, I'm pretty sure he said his his best magic burst was a burst two for three thousand three hundred damage, and that was with no food on. What was it on? Like a 
Um, uh, I don't know what it was on. Hmm. Uh, it, well, I know it wasn't a flan, though. Well, yeah, like, on the game, was it, like, a Kirin, or was it, like, a Fafnir or something? I don't know. <laughs> don't know. I'll have, to, I'll have to ask them that. But, yeah, he's uh, he's definitely, you know, he, he walks around with, you know, Cursed Mitt, or the uh, Zenith Mitts plus one. Uh, I'm pretty sure he has a Genie Westkit. Uh, you know, all HQ staves. He is just absolutely completely pimped out. So, uh, putting that behind us, though, you know, so so I'm definitely coming along on Black Mage, definitely having a lot of fun with it. Um, uh, let's uh, let's uh, move into Chief Sergeant, though, since that's what uh, that's what everyone's tuning in for to hear. Yep. Yeah. So, um, let's start with the promotion quest, which similar to the previous Sergeant Major, this one is annoying. No, yeah. This is. It was funny though. I enjoyed the actual cutscenes of it. Oh well, uh, well in that case, Felix, why don't you lead us through it? All right. Basically, once you have your twenty-five uh, mercenary rank points again, we should really stop telling you this by now. You're gonna go talk to Abkuba this time, not Naja. Um, let's just say there was a little accident with uh, Naja's spiky friend, and you're gonna have to go talk to Hegikov at uh, K10. He's the weapon shop owner to get another cutscene. Then you're gonna run back to Abkuba. You're going to run back to Hagakov, and eventually, somewhere along the way, you're going to figure out that you need to go to the Ottawa subterrain. It's best to go to the entrance uh, from Wajoma Woodlands at I-6 to get onto the second map. Um, head to the heart-shaped room, so you might have to bring up a map just in case you don't have a, um, a map of the Adewa subterrain uh, from there, and then go to J-8. There will be a mushroom patch at the intersection of I-9 and J-8, uh, and uh, just check it, and you'll get a mature skirsh room. Yes. Uh, 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 I also want to note too that um, I don't have a map of Adiwa Subterrain. Uh, I don't know if Velix has a map. No, I don't have a map yeah. either. <laughs> so uh, we can't really give you directions to where you're going, uh, other than you know tell you stuff like the heart-shaped room or the intersection of this and that. So make sure you definitely at least pull up a map online so that you know where you're going because I don't want you getting lost, dying, deleveling, and then sending me hate mail and telling me it's my fault. Although I would get a good chuckle out of laughing at you on air. I would have a good chuckle with that too. Um, we would chuckle it's, it's together. It's like if you just bring up a map, it's pretty obvious. Like you, you hear all this thing like heart-shaped room, that doesn't make any sense. But if you just bring up the map, I remember looking it up beforehand when I was doing it, and it's it's pretty you know linear from A to B sort of thing. So. Um, again, there's lots of aggro in the day with subtrain. If you've ever been down there, defoliators, sound aggros, and then there's the dire mites that are also sound aggro. Uh, watch out for Chigo mobs hiding in the area. So uh, if you need to, throw up an invis as well. And arrow elementals. So uh, watch out for magic. So dancer sub if you're 75 or uh, ninja or sneaking invis powders. Uh, once you have the mature scorch room, uh, pl uh, plant it in the mushroom patch found in the middle of the line between I nine and J nine by the uh, examining by examining the patch. Uh, from there, head to the northmost part of E seven and repeat the process for the mushroom patch located in this area. Pick the mature scorch room from the one patch, plant it in the other patch. Um, zone out and wait until the next game day. Once your game day is passed, so if you can kind of uh, try to figure it all out so that you end like you know at you know 22 hours and then you can get out and then jump back right in, um, re-enter and return to both places and examine them to begin picking the young skirsh rooms. 
Uh, for higher yield, pick during the morning hours, which should typically get two of the young skirshrooms when picking between 4 and 6 o'clock in the morning. Uh, that's in-game time. Don't actually wake up at 4 or 6 in the morning to go pick skirshrooms. Take them back to Abquiba once you have them, and he will uh, clean Nadja's spiky little friend. Um, and once you've uh, done it twice, then uh, you've basically completed the rank of quest and you can keep going if you cleaned it two to four times you get actually a reward of an imperial mithril piece but if you go up to the maximum of five times cleaned then you get an imperial gold piece um personally i didn't really think it was worth it i just wanted to get my rank and then get the hell out so just get the i just got the two skirsh rooms cleaned it twice and then uh ended it up and then you are chief sergeant if you've done everything correctly and haven't deleveled to 74 Dun 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 Yes, congratulations, Chief Sergeant. Now you have a whole new slew five assaults to do. Five, yeah. But uh, along with them comes a little bit of a challenge. Not so much annoying, uh, but more than that, the triple question mark rewards that you can get from these assaults are this top is when they start notch. to get good, yeah. <laughs> and uh, if you are a salvage a salvage veteran, then you get an extra little bonus from them. As well, so we are going to start with Liaojum Sanctum, as always, Chief Sergeant. Uh, this one is called Imperial Code. The Empire's Mercury Cipher, code name Agma, has been stolen by a group of Far Eastern spies. With it, our enemies will be able to decrypt top secret military orders, thus severely compromising Imperial safety. You are to intercept the enemy as they transport the device. 30 minutes, as usual. So basically, you're being teleported into this Liaojum Sanctum uh, area, and you have to find and, and eliminate three people, Oko, Donzo, and Saizo. Now, you enter at the southwest corner of the map at G10H10. There are around 15 ninjas in full AF plus one, or I'm sorry, in full AF one named Kusa, and around seven boot mobs named Kurigitsitsuni. The boots have a move called Perdition, which causes death, can be stunned, the Kusa are true sight and link with the three NM ninja. They are immune to blind and dark based sleep and naturally resistant to bind. But they can be slept with light, light, light based sleep. You can sneak past the boots and dodge the true sight aggro of the Kusa. So um, just take your time and you know let the Kusa turn so you can get by them. Uh, you know Three enemies in 30 minutes is more than enough time. Um, if you do aggro them by chance though, it's not too bad. They die pretty easy. But uh, they are definitely, I've done this assault many, many times, uh, only having to fight the three main NMs. Uh, so, speaking of the three main NMs, uh, you have Oko, who's probably going to be the first one that you fight, is located at G8. Uh, he has about uh, 4,500 HP, well, they all do. Uh, they all use ninjutsu spells, and they have access to ninja and samurai weapon skills. Uh, Saizo will Mijingakure at 20%, but it, of course, will not cure him, or I'm sorry, will not kill him. Make Pass, sure Robs. yeah, make sure <laughs> you extreme, uh, exercise extreme caution, since uh, Mijin Kakure can deal over 700 damage. Timing a tier 4 nuke, or having both your DD weapon skill at the same time when his HP is around 23%, will avoid Mijin Kakure altogether if you're lucky, if both weapon skills land well enough. Regardless, of course, Mijin Kakura is based on his remaining HP, so it will do virtually no damage, even if he doesn't die. Um, they are all susceptible to silence and gravity, and after each one is killed, a triple question mark 
will appear where their bodies despawned. The Agma will always be at the third one killed, but you have to check each one of them. So, um, the optimal route to go is going to be to go to I-8 first. Uh, a minute ago, I'm pretty sure I said Oku. Uh, scratch that. That one's not the way to go. The optimal route is to go first to Saizo at I-8. Uh, kill the Kusa near him if you have to, then pull him into the tunnel to kill. Next, you're going to go to Oko, who's around G8. If you need to, kill the Kusa and then pull her into the tunnel. From there, you're going to climb the stairs and dodge more Kusa to Donzo at H8. Uh, you're going to kill him and examine the triple question mark in the spot where his body despawned to receive the Agma and unlock the Rune of Release. Drop down the hole. There will be Kusa at the bottom, and of course, sometimes it's hard to necessarily avoid them, but watch out for them at the bottom. The Rune of Release is there in the lower level at G8, so go ahead and grab that. This can very, very easily be trioed by most mages, along with two DDs who have Nin subbed, and of course, keep up Barfyra, avoid the two site aggros. And with three people, your first successful attempt at this assault gives 2,000 assault points without armbands. Following that, three members will get 1333, four members will get 1200, five members will get 1067, and six members will get 933. Overall, a very fun and, if you know what you're doing, Easy assault, and from the triple question marks, you could get the pie necklace, which for us non salvage goers is the best necklace for HMP recovery, which gives three. But if you're into salvage as well, it also gives healing magic skill plus three and enfeebling magic skill plus three. And for those melee oriented players, you can get the Omnicron ring, which is strength plus five and counter plus two if you're in. Selvage, both very, very good pieces. Definitely very good. With the uh, assault, it's not really anything that matters or anything, but uh, if you actually pay attention to your chat log, the three NMs do have uh, little quips, they say, when you're fighting them. So uh, I got a laugh out of a couple of them when I did it the first time, just because it was not expected. <laughs> more so be more because they called him Butterfly. Oh, I, I can't remember who said it, but it was something like, oh, you know, Danzo said, you know, just one more day, nothing could go wrong sort of thing. So yeah, as yeah, we're killing yeah. them. <laughs> so uh, the next one is actually my favorite, and uh, for the reason that I still need the reward from it. It's sort of like my sanguine sword, if you were to put it in Velix's terms, and Velix is going to go ahead and cover this for us. Next up, we have, from the good old Mammaljaw staging point, Merids in the Mist. Our agents have informed us that the Mammaljaw have been training Merids to use during sieges on the Empire. You are to locate these deadly beasts and capture them, or eliminate them before it's too late. Um, basically, tranquilize or kill eight Merids. Pretty simple. Uh, you get the starting point at the lower south end of the tunnels on the map. You should always look at your map when entering any zone, just to kind of figure out where it is. Uh, talk to the NPC who is there to get... The Thunderguard Dart. The darts are used to tame the eight merits. Uh, there are two merits per room. The merits are susceptible to sleep, gravity, bind. They move very slowly and are easy to pull, so you probably shouldn't need to cast gravity on them at all. Uh, a good idea is to generally try to bring them back to the NPC so that you can just keep getting more darts if you need them. Whenever you try to tranquilize them, it may have no effect at all or fall out. If the dart falls out, that Merid goes into basically a berserk state during this time. He runs at full speed and hits much harder. But, I mean, Wiki says 300 on a Black Mage, but... That's not very hard. That's, <laughs> that's like, oh my god, it's a Calibri. Um, <laughs> so once he goes berserk, basically just kill him, just end him. Um, 
you can sleep the Myriad prior to using the Tranquilizer to prevent it from going into a Berserker mode, because he'll only go Berserk if he is awake. Mm -hmm. You can have one person, a ninja, a tank, sub-ninja, whatever, uh, hold the Myriad and damage it to about 75%, around 75%, start using darts on it to uh, simply go to your item menu, so it's not like you equip them and throw them like regular darts, they're just used. Uh, Once the Myriad has been tamed, it will disappear. If you can't tame it, just finish it off and move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do get more assault points for taming rather than killing the Marids. Uh, it would be a good idea to make a macro for your Thunderguard dart so that you don't have to actually go into your inventory to use it. That way you can just talk to the NPC, hit your macro, and spam it over and over again. I've found that the best setup for this is to take in a Red Mage and then two DDs, one of which is preferably a Ninja or a Thief, uh, because they can very easily pull both Merids back from the room while avoiding aggro from the Mamul Jaws, and then you just sleep one Merid while you slowly take the other one down. And that way the Red Mage can do healing if necessary, although it usually isn't, and just spam darts while the two DDs are uh, whacking away at it. Yep, watch out for Chigos too, from the whole, you know, Merid uses weapon skill, Chigo mm-hmm. spots, but those are usually pretty easy to finish off, so... Uh... Basically, once you have it all down to a science, you either have to kill all eight merits or tame all eight merits or some sort of combination of killing and taming. But basically, all eight merits have to not be in the zone anymore for you to win. And then the Moon of Release will spawn basically right where you were if you stayed near the NPC. Uh, if you beat it with three members, you get 1333 points. Four members is 1200 points. Five members is 1060 points. And six members is 930 points. But of course, this number will vary based on the number mm-hmm. of merits killed versus tranquilized. Yep. Tranquilizing gets more points. And for anyone out there who does pull with Ninja Sub, the best way is to basically hit each of the merits with ranged attacks, uh, run away a little bit because, you know, obviously they uh, are sound, or I'm sorry, they walk very, very slowly. And then just put up your uh, Tonko knee and run back to the start, and they'll follow you since they follow by sound, I believe. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, by by scent, I believe. Yeah, probably. Yep. That would make sense for an elephant. Um, as for the rewards you get, you get the Kappa Necklace, which is ranged attack plus 8. And if you do Selvage, it adds Recycle Effect and Ninja Tool Expertise. Also from this comes the Tau Ring, which is Dexterity plus 5, and when in Salvage, double attack plus 2%. Next, we have one of the assaults that I actually have yet to do. It's called Egg Conservation, and it takes place in Libros Cavern. There have been reports that the Kikrin Hunters have been collecting the eggs of our army's messenger Epkalus. You are to join forces with the male Epkalus in the area and eliminate the invading Kikrin while protecting the females and their eggs. This can very uh, best be described as a sort of mini-besieged where the additional NPC helpers are the male Apkalos. So you're going to start in a giant room full of a lot of Apkalos. There are bigger ones, those are the males who help in the fight. And then there are smaller ones, those are the females who you're here to protect. All of them are buffable and curable, and the mission fails if all the females are killed. You also get points based on the number of females that are left alive at the end of the mission. After a while, the Kikrin Egglers will start running into the room. They wield daggers, and they attack very quickly with high accuracy. And, of course, they do have access to Kibosh, which induces amnesia, and Phase, which induces terror. Kikrin will start coming from one of the two sides in room... Or, Kikrin will start coming in from one of the sides of the room in teams of one to two. 
Once they're in range, the males will engage as well. After a little while, another team of Kikrin will join the attack from one of the remaining sides. Now, once all the Kikrin are defeated, there will be a short period in order for you to rest up, but then another wave of Kikrin will come, and this will continue on for a few waves. Now, a couple notes about the Kikrins. They do come at a decent speed, so make sure you have enough DDs to get through each wave pretty quickly. Everyone should be subbing Ninja to minimize the amount of healing they need, as any healing or enhancing magic, even Regen and Stone Skin, seems to pull enormous amounts of hates, and mages will struggle to stay alive if they have to heal too much. Uh, you can sleep the Kikrin before the Epkalo attack them, however, they are highly resistant to sleep. Um, it is discouraged to split up as the Kikrins can very easily overwhelm you, and uh, if any male Epkalos are below 50%, they will faint and they cannot be healed or, or revived. So after a few waves of Kikrin are defeated, the mission will be successful and the Rune of Release will spawn in the area you are with the Epkalos. Yeah, I did this one, um, obviously, but um, you do start in the middle, and I had initially thought that maybe you could go out to the sides, because it just says they come in, and the map is rather large, so you would imagine that you could like, go down one of the side tunnels and wait for the Keycurrent to spawn in there and fight them down there. The Keycurrent actually spawns somewhere like in the middle of the tunnels, not at the very ends, so you can't really go in after them. Um, it says don't split up, but... We did, but we had Samurai, so we're very good at killing things incredibly quickly because Samurai Fantasy Eleven. But um, we did split up into two groups. We went in with five people. We had a Red Mage kind of bouncing back and forth, and we had two Samurais on one side and then a Monk and a Paladin on the other side. So we did just fine with that setup. It didn't seem to uh, to go too badly. So it's really, if you have enough people, splitting up is actually, I would recommend it, like, if you have five or six people, just because having five or six people on one side is a little bit overkill on Keycurrents. Right, and definitely, this is uh, definitely one that we wouldn't recommend using to farm your assault points, but uh, definitely take in six people so that you don't have to come back and try this again and waste an assault tag on a fail. Yeah. Um, and what uh, are the number of assault points you can get for completing this, Felix? Uh, three members, again, 1333, four members, 1200, five members, 1060, and six members, about 930 points. All right, and some of the uh, better rewards that come from this is the row necklace, which normally gives HP plus 30, but if you're in salvage, gives defense 20 and summoning magic skill plus 3, and also the psi ring, which gives agility 5, and when you're in salvage, store TP plus 5. After that, moving on to the next one is one that I have done but have no memory or recollection of actually doing. Oh, so you want me weird. to take this one then? Because I totally remember this one. Do you remember doing I this I do one? remember this one and it was You can epic. do this one then. And I'll all teach right. because I can't remember this yep. at all. <laughs> all right, so this one is called Operation Snake Eyes and it takes place in uh, Periquia Assault, which is the uh, Devuka Isle staging point. The generals Karazam and Umarid of the Imperial Army's Arapago Division have disappeared from camp headquarters while on a mission on Sharug Isle. There is a high possibility that the two have been captured by members of the Undead Swarm. You have, of course, 30 minutes. When it first starts out, um, you are, are going to have to defeat... Your objective of this is to defeat three NM Lamia to rescue the two generals. You're going to start out at I-9, and uh, as soon as you walk on the map, there will be five Q-Trub around, moving around, and you have to kill all five of them before moving on to the next area. 
So kill the first one in the southwest corner of H9. Then head to the northwest corner of H9 where you will kill another. If you head back towards where you started, there will be two more Q-Trub in the northeast corner of H9. And the final one is in the north part of I9, right next to the locked gate. When those five are killed, the gate at I9 will open up and you can move on to the north. Head north through the tunnel with the six prison-like holding areas. There are random Lamia located inside of them, but they are site aggro, so make sure that you invisible pass them as not to waste time. Uh, you will eventually get the message that you hear the sounds of swords clashing in the distance. It is random which room Karazam will be in, but you will find her and the Lamia, which is Miru number 16, fighting. And you must, of course, kill the Lamia she's fighting before she dies. If she does die, you fail instantly. Once the NM Lamia is killed, the general will turn into an NPC and you can talk to her. Then invisible up again and move on. Travel north to I-6 where another NM, Lamia number 14, awaits at a gate. Be very careful of this one because it can charm multiple times, so make sure that everyone stays facing away from it when it uses Belly Dance to avoid charm. Belly Dance is both an AoE and gaze attack. Highly recommended that you have everyone in range and facing Lamia number 14 so she will take you through the gate. What this means is that what you could do is you have to defeat this Lamia to get through the next gate. Um, you can do that one of two ways. The first way is by actually fighting her and killing her. The second way is, uh, since it's a gaze attack, is for everyone to get charmed. And then as she walks through the gate, she will take you with her. So if you are going to employ the tactic of being charmed and having her walk you through the gate, there are a couple things you need to be wary of. Uh, she may take you very near to the charmed general who's the next person you have to rescue while under her control and when you become uncharmed it may be unavoidable to or you may unavoidably aggro the general which makes for a dangerous situation uh, also make sure that you have a dot on her before she charms you because otherwise she will regen hp um she can also be belly dance she can belly dance again after being pulled through the door so just use the same strategy that if she starts the belly dance if you see the tp move pop up try and turn away um now when i did this we had a hell of a time killing her uh no matter how many times we tried to turn around someone got belly danced and we were actually trioing this it was me uh, a red mage no it wasn't it was me a bard and a monk Yes, and the first thing that happened was that the bard got uh, got charmed, which you know wasn't a big deal. We just kept you know smashing away at the lamia. Uh, the bard came uncharmed, and our monk got charmed. So of course I hit him a few times to get hate off of the bard, and then just tanked yeah. both of them. Um, unfortunately, then I got charmed, and we both went after the bard. So she horrid lullabyed us and just kited the nm around, uh, and then she died. Um, she had re-raise up though, as both me and the N or me and the monk uncharmed started fighting again. Uh, she re-raised up and tried to heal us. We both got charmed uh, a second time. She horde lullabied and managed to stay alive. Uh, and then when the NM was at one percent, we all got charmed again. And uh, somehow though, we did manage to end up uh, killing the Lamia without having to go through the gate. So, once Lamia number 14 is dead, the gate will open, and Umarid is at the north part of H6, and he will fight you because he's been charmed by the next Lamia, which is Lamia number 17. If you kill Umarid, you will instantly fail. Uh, damage must be done to him somewhere between 30 and 50% of his life in order for Lamia number 17 to appear. So you do have to fight him, but do not kill him. So be careful about weapon skills or higher tier spells, because he does not have particularly high defense or a lot of hit points. Once the final Lamia pops, put all efforts into killing it. Have someone kite the general because he does hit hard. 
And after Lamia number 17 uh, dies, the general becomes uncharmed, and the assault is won. The rune of release pops at I-5. So this is uh, a pretty fun assault. Um, I wouldn't recommend low manning it. It was, it was very difficult, but uh, it's not particularly hard either. Does Velix still not remember any of it? <laughs> no, this is all. <laughs> I, I must have done it with like six people, and we must have just ran through it or something because... Like, I think that might have been why you remembered it, just because you were doing with low man, so it was mm -hmm. very, you know, on the edge of your seat sort of all the way through it. But I must have just ripped through it with six people or something because yeah. I can't remember it at all. All right. Well, um, what are the uh, assault points that we can get for doing this? The four three members, we again, it's basically the same as all the other ones that have been so far. Three members is 1333. Four members is 1200. Five members, 1060. And six members, about 930. All right, and you get some cool prizes from this. The possibility of a Chi necklace, which is MP plus 20, and while in salvage, conserve MP plus 2 and divine magic skill plus 3. And then, of course, there is the pie ring, which is mind plus 5, and while in salvage, enhances the fast cast effect. Once you are done that, we move on to the final assault of this rank, which is again at Rosia Toll staging point and is called Deserter. Agents of the Anti-Corsair Task Force have gone AWOL and are hiding somewhere in Oruzi. Your mission is to swiftly disarm the Deviants and take them into custody. All information on these criminals is highly classified, and any disclosure of their identity is strictly prohibited. This is a fairly simple assault. Um, just to start off, you're going to want to take people who crit a lot. So monks, thieves, stuff like that. Um, you have to disarm them. To disarm them, you break their weapons. Um, breaking their weapons is done by critical hits, so we're talking monks using backhand blows, thieves using sneak attack and trick attack for critting, uh, damage, critical hit uh, weapon skills like full swing, uh, job abilities like shield bash. There's 12 Lamias and Marrows all throughout the area, so you have plenty of chances. I'm pretty sure you just have to break one weapon in order to win the assault, but you have to go back to the person who begins the mission, which is Raban and talk to him in order to respawn the uh, Ruin of Release. If you've killed or disarmed all 12 of the Lamia Marrows, then it will automatically come back up. Once you've broken their weapon, you'll get the message that the target has thrown down its weapon, and it is it'll become an NPC, and if you talk to it after that, it'll just tell you that the target has surrendered. So fast-hitting, high-critical-hit jobs are recommended just to try to get as many chances as fast as possible to break all the weapons. Yep, that's right. Uh, so it's pretty easy assault. Uh, you can obviously do this with uh, upwards of six, but if you have the right jobs or weapons, you can do this with, uh, with just three. Um, doing it with three members is... <laughs> okay, well... I, well, I've been thinking about that, like looking at the numbers, because the... The number of points you get is varied based on the number of them that you force to surrender. 120-point penalty is assessed for each enemy killed as opposed to each enemy caused forced to surrender. Um, so just by going off that and by going off numbers from other assault points, um, I would hazard to guess that three members, if you beat it, you would get about 1,600 points. Four members would be about 1,520. Three members would be like 1,300. And then six members would be 1,100. That's all just like theoretical and based on guessing but right since apparently no one, no one does this yeah. enough to record the assault points <laughs> on the wiki 
So that's just that's what I would say just from uh, experience with past assault mm-hmm. points. Yep. So uh, possible appraised items are the Moon Necklace, which has Evasion 5, and While in Salvage, Shield Skill plus 3 and Parrying Skill plus 3. And the last of the rings is the Epsilon Ring, which comes with Intelligence plus 5, and While in Salvage, Wind Instrument Skill plus 3, and Magic Accuracy plus 3. And, of course, that, that wraps up this rank. So next week, I believe, we're going to be going into, is it second lieutenant? Second lieutenant. We're on the second last rank now that actually has assaults with it. Right. <laughs> and by next week, of course, I don't mean next week. I just mean the next time I feel like recording. Yeah. Yep. So, as usual, you know, obviously check out our forums, uh, com. Sign up. Get involved. Talk to people. Post and stuff. We have a lot of fun over there. Uh, you can make fun of Elix for being Canadian. Um, You're not going to let that go, are you? No, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> no, send us emails, hosts at limitbreakradio.com. Uh, if you want if you have a, a question specific to the Rogues Den, uh, why don't you, you email that over to me at collar at limitbreakradio.com. I don't think I've ever read emails on here before, so I think it'd be pretty cool. Um, all right, <laughs> so uh, that's that, that wraps it up. That's everything. So uh, actually, you know what? You know what? You got something else? I do have something else. Something that I, that, that that I think I have to apologize for. Um, a while ago, a few rogues and episodes ago, we told you that Tam Two had a special song for you at the end of an episode, and uh, it wasn't Tam Two's song. It was special. It was, it was special, little, but it, and it, it was but, a song. And right, so I was only half right, but but we rickrolled you guys. We got gotcha. you owned, and I, I I do feel kind of bad, not because I rickrolled you, but because you know. Um, I use Tam2 as sort of like the bait, you know. Uh, so stay tuned at the end of this episode for for a real Tam2 song, which is by far my favorite that he has ever done. I wonder why. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> All right. Starbreakers have heard it, and they'll tell you how awesome it is. Right. Yep. So as always, I'm Kahlo, and Velix, this time you do get, I get an outro. I'm Velox dancing away into the sunset (laughs) and sucking down maple syrup shut up you Final Fantasy, Tetramaster, and Vonadeel are registered trademarks of Square Enix. Square Enix and Play Online are trademarks of Square Enix. Limit Break Radio and its hosts are solely responsible for its content. The Limit Break Radio Network is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Share-Alike United States license. For more information on Creative Commons licenses, visit creativecommons.org. Fighting now 
Gonna go and help him take this mob down. Yay! I'll use my sneak attack. Yeah! I'll use my trick attack. Yeah! When he turns his back. Yeah! Then with two swings on my daggers, I can turn this mob around. Everybody! And back again Treasure hunting for guild to spend Got a message for all you beastman mobs You won't even know that you've been robbed You've got guilt for me I still willfully Then I start to flee Chase me if you want to, you will never run me down Everybody, yeah, in my party, yeah Anybody, it's all big tonight Cause the thieves in back, alright So everybody, everywhere Don't be afraid of enmity Gonna place the hate back on the tank As long as my timer's ready I will stab mobs in the back <laughs>